Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast for the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay, and I'm delighted as always to be joined by Samuel Luckhurst. Hello. And we're trying, we're going for the social approach, we're just going to... Pure throw our team selection in the air <laughs> and we're just going to put Tom Booth straight into the mix different combinations two and two though so let's uh, try and get a run of games under my belt yeah your form's progressing isn't it from the youth team and here you are you had a loan spell down in Cardiff and let's hope I can continue it eh? yeah we shall see uh, Samuel you well, again you had, had the displeasure maybe of Old Trafford yesterday it was a game and you, you think about United's last 10 games they've only won two of them but the performance against Chelsea is one, one of the better ones really and only a draw I guess if you took out the rest of the form the other nine games it's not a bad result but all but ended United's hopes of Champions League football this season it, it was a bad result do you uh, think so? yes because I think that was the, the final that was the death now really for, for top four realistically looking at what needs to happen I, th- I think Arsenal and Chelsea have both not got to win any of their remaining, game, remaining games United need to win both of theirs I just don't really see that as a scenario given the goal difference as well you don't see United scoring many goals even though they are against possibly playing against two relegated sides by the time they uh, they host Cardiff next week it, it was a good performance up until Antonio Rudiger took that shot and De Gea spilled it and it's that cliche about conceding at a bad time just before half time and they never really got over it and they're not fit enough and they don't score enough goals and they don't create enough chances it's it's starting to sound like that um, that tweet they put out during David Moyes' reign when he said <laughs> that they need to focus on defending creating shooting scoring uh, I can't remember to carry it off the list yeah. yes yeah I think I have bookmarked it because it'll probably be retweeted sometime soon is there anything United are good at then? Um, first 20 minutes they're, they're good at because they have they they, like they, they, said, they, they've started their at, games against Barca City and yeah, Chelsea really they, they, good they, they've shown that they are in phases capable of taking the game to teams which I think was always the um, the, the issue with them in that they didn't have players who could play control in football that they were they were completely enhanced by Mata and, and Herrera. Um, I mean, it's, it's a pity that they deemed Herrera uh, to be so inessential. Yeah, he's probably on, on ability their second best midfielder. I still think Mata, with his seniority and some of the impacts he's had against against the elite this season, I know most of them were against Chelsea, he can still cut it and he's still worth keeping. But as it stands, it looks like both of them are, are going to go. Um but again, the, looking at their chances, I mean, th- I suppose the one positive would be that they actually created some chances from corners. There were some acceptable corners. Actually, Young even put a good I one know. into the box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they scored. Almost scored directly from um, from two of them. But in open play, they just don't do enough. And I think their lack of fitness was kind of summed up by Lukaku, who was absolutely <laughs> blowing after one run. But then again, you look at the size of him and he's just too bulky still and, and he's aware of it he spoke to us earlier in the season I think back in December uh, he's aware of it but he's not shed enough timber and um, yeah, United aren't going to go to the next level with him in, in, in the current condition he's in at the moment 
Don, those five changes for the game. Were you surprised by the team selection? Ollie went with, I know it was, he almost, he went back to the, the midfield three, which had most of his success in the early days, but like Samuel said, Mata was in there and you yeah. had a I think I was pleasantly period. surprised by it, to be honest with you, and especially um, the presence of Mata. I think I wrote, uh, the piece went on the MEN on the morning of the game about how if Mata is to leave... Um, United need to make signing a number 10 their priority in the transfer market I know other positions have been spoken about but I think Mata showed in that performance and with the type of player that he is what United have lacked and what where United failed to control a game look at City for example have got four creditable number 10s in their squad United have only really got one and he might leave in the summer so I think I was surprised by that I was nicely surprised to see Herrera back in there although as Samuel says to see him unmattered depart after that performance and those two against Chelsea would just be it should be bizarre really because I think they're two United's best players so as, as positive as the team selection was and some of the performance it left me sort of tearing my hair out in certain ways do you think it would have been different do you think that would have been a different position if they'd had that team for the last month that midfield three with Herrera available matter in the squad not necessarily I don't think I don't know about you Sam uh, possibly in the there was some stability they had there certainly at the start of Solskjaer's run where that midfield three were untouchable but there are a lot of turning points you can look at and the Arsenal Wolves games those back to back defeats were seemed to be the main killer but also probably that Liverpool home game and the injuries they suffered that I think three players were forced off in the first half Matic suffered the injury the day before the game and that just disrupted the whole rhythm in that team uh, it was it was credit to them that they still came back and had brilliant results against I think Chelsea Palace uh, PSG of course but that high of PSG that's you know the, the high was so incredibly high and the lows have been so incredibly low so they've gone from one extreme to the other uh, but regardless of the midfield situation they were always going to need one in the summer but this is the the issue there were just so many so many areas of the squad that need strengthening and you have no faith that they're going to do it this summer because the structure is still the same the strategy is still the same there's still not a technical director uh, they they want one ahead of next season. I think that's that's too late. As I said previously, they could parachute one in today, and they're not going to have any impact on what's going on. Uh, Woodward was at Carrington last week to have a meeting about recruitment. Uh, now with that, for all the talk about oh, United have still got the lure of being United, even if they're not in the Champions League. Two years ago, Mourinho did compile two lists on the off chance that they ended up in the Europa League again. Um, I think that, that 2016 summer was kind of anomalous really because you had Mourinho coming in as manager and you had the Mourinho factor, which enticed Ibrahimovic uh, and, and Pogba. It was just United's time. And back then they were able to blow Real Madrid out of the water in the transfer market. This summer, it's not going to be the case because Madrid are for the first time in probably five, six years, they are going to spend very, very big uh, in the transfer market. And as you've seen with De Gea, players although you talk about money and how a lot of players are influenced by money a lot of players are also influenced by winning things and and having successful careers and a lot of players won't go to United because they won't be playing in the Champions League next season we were talking about this in the office Samuel and I it's 100 days um, until the transfer window closes um, tomorrow Tuesday recording this on the Monday and 100 days sounds like a lot it's like, like when you're counting down to Christmas 
you think it's never going to come but they fly by and the fact that like we say United haven't got that sporting director in place with with that time ticking by is is a big worry for it should be a big worry for everyone at the club do you if you were a player would you still want to sign for United I mean the sixth highest finish is probably in England this this year there could be there could be five English sides who have Champions League football United will be in the same competition as Watford it's tricky in the and I guess as a player it's not just that but it's like you said selling the club it's selling the ambition and the long term goal of this, this team and like you said without a technical director in place you wonder what a player's even signing up like agreeing to really well and, and also as as critical as most of us are of him in Pogba that is a player who would entice players to come and join United on just just on just on the basis of having him, and if he wants to be at Real Madrid, and there's a chance that he'll be at Real Madrid next season, I think that's going to be off-putting. The, the PFA nom- nominations last week, I think, was quite telling in that Pogba is clearly popular with his peers, and there's a lot of respect for him. Even though you look at his form this season, he's had two brilliant months. Other than that, he's he's been feckless rather than phenomenal. So that's that's another issue in the. De Gea, that that has become much more protracted than it should ever have become, uh, and you still don't know what's going on. And his form has fallen off a cliff. Pogba is is flirting with Real Madrid. Lukaku is making noises about not possibly being there next season. Um, I think he is playing a bit of a long game there. Um, he's 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 got a new agent. Uh, his agent was on Sky Sports News earlier this month and was speaking about Lukaku's situation. So sometimes it's just a bluffer's trick. And if there is a man in football who you can easily bluff and get your way, it's it's Ed Woodward, unfortunately for United. Um, so many players at the club, not at the club, <clears throat> have had United over a barrel. They've been used as a bargaining chip by other players to get new contracts. So... It's a real tricky one because I think that in terms of the recruitment strategy, it could it could change on a week-by-week basis. There are some players who obviously would jump at the chance to play for Man United. Watching him again at the weekend, I think yeah, at the risk of sounding silly in about a year's time if he does join United, I think Declan Rice does look ready for that level. He's just such an accomplished Premier League player. And I don't think you'd have any trouble luring him uh, to United, but... It's. I know it's almost as if they've settled on this British preference as if well those players all just want to automatically come to United and then we can sell it as we got all the targets we wanted and it's it's very different I mean the, the strategy changed I mean the way they go about it there's there's no real consistency there um, so again though as, as pessimistic as it sounds what structure strategy haven't changed no technical director in you're asking an awful lot of Woodward who let's face it has, has, has he's not been a success over the last six years to um, to rectify things over the next 100 days yeah I guess like you said as well Samuel it is I mean I think maybe and this isn't a criticism of supporters but there does seem to be maybe a naivety with fans who think it is like just a video game where you want this player you offer that money they come to the club there's so much behind the scenes in a yeah. transfer isn't there and like you said the technical director is so crucial United actually luring the top players to the club as well, but and also on that, sorry, is that in the sort of the video game uh, analogy? If we're going down that route, a lot of these younger players, um, you know, nineteen, twenty-year-olds, millennials, we would call them, maybe they maybe haven't been brought up on the same 
great history and culture of Manchester United that people of a slightly older age have. So therefore, they'll have no qualms about going to a, a city, sort of a, you know, a newer generation club or anyone else for that matter who've, who have got the infrastructure that United haven't got in place. So United can't just keep leaning on history I don't think yeah no tell I agree that, tell that to Solskjaer yeah. well that, that, that's <laughs> an afternoon with him he'll show you all the VHS's and you'll be you'll know all <laughs> about that cliff. line and they'll yeah. say what's a VHS yeah. as well <laughs> the, the thing about it is I mean as you say they've not even got They've got it, I think, with some of the players there who can be uh, enticed by working under Solskjaer, but I don't think there are many players out there who think, I really want to work with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. There'll there'll be a lot that really want to work under Guardiola or Klopp or Pochettino, but Solskjaer doesn't have that cachet. And as as Dom said, the, the whole history aspect, there's so much they can trade off it because the training ground is not as impressive as the other uh, elite clubs uh, the stadium is decaying uh, I mean it you know it's, it's, it's got that it, it is a footballing institution and you saw Dybala's tweet earlier in the season saying how like, I mean he was almost as if he was in awe in the place it's as if that where it has been allowed to age it's actually enhanced the awe of it weirdly but the, the training at the cliff last week I mean I was, I was told like Fred and Marshall looking around in bewilderment thinking what the hell is this place why have we been brought here and there's a mural of Duncan Edwards at the entrance of the cliff and you would probably struggle to how many how many United players would even know who he was yeah exactly it's it's just the it's, sentiment's it's becoming, got yeah it's and becoming it's pointless and structure of Ferguson a sentiment was, surely, surely Ferguson was six years ago as well he's gone you've got to stop living in the past sometimes yeah. haven't you because it, it does it's like from a United point of view is it worrying that this is it sounds very Liverpool at the moment doesn't it the yeah. way this is sort of some of the fans are as well uh, the whole like, we've won the effing lot they were chanting yeah. City fans and it's all 20 times Man United they were singing that in the Moy season I thought okay there's a bit of defiance there when yeah. you're getting beaten 3-0 by Liverpool but it, it's it's still going now and yes that history is great they've they completed the set with the Europa League they'll, they'll always have that and it's it's what makes the club uh, such a great club but Christ it's it, it, it's accentuated by social media is accentuated by the treble anniversary um and and the obviously the anniversary game i quite like it even though it, it sounds a bit tawdry this because it is for a good cause and we shouldn't forget that and demian will be covering it as well but i do on in, in in a way quite like the fact that it looks like Roy Keane won't be part of it yeah. as if to say I have I absolutely abhor past glories looking back at yeah. the past what, what, what you're all playing at what do you achieve from yeah. being nostalgic you probably don't want Roy Keane injuring anyone which uh, which which may happen if he goes in for one of the managers have been out for a season for getting tackled by his own player okay, <laughs> who knows uh, I guess while we're on that I, we're looking about the weekend game Don for me that point of view um, top four we said now we've just got to take it basically it's red that that's not going to happen in a Champions League finish really but just consider how far they were off when Solskjaer came in is it is it too sort of clutching at straws to say it's just great to be involved to this late in the season from United point of view or well, is no. there genuine dis- disappointment that it's been missed out on because Arsenal and Chelsea have been woeful Spurs have lost so many games this season the, the actual quality below the top two sides it just isn't there yeah it's not great to be involved in a in a race which has such a dearth of quality teams for me. It's like wacky races, isn't yeah. it? It's just calamity after <laughs> yeah. calamity. There's no quality. There's not an F1 race. No. Well, Solskjaer rightly points out that he's bridged that gap between United and the Has he bridged the, the gap or is the gap just... Is the, 
well, just in terms, of, in terms of points, he's bridged, he's bridged a, a fairly significant gap. United are at least closer to those teams, which Solskjaer will bank and, and have that, uh, you know, as credit for him. But I think that I said it on the last pod- podcast, that's why for me the players and the structure of the club are far more um, problematic than anything Solskjaer has done. A, a few of his decisions, yeah, you can probably question. Um I still wouldn't have gone with Sanchez off the bench when uh, Rashford got injured against Chelsea. I know there's been questions over how much Anthony Martial is up for at the moment. That warm-up video was sensational, yeah. wasn't it? That's like how I warm, warm up, up. for five, how I warm up for five aside. Just yes. stand there, wait I thought, for, he, I wait for he's just tapping. played ninety minutes after yeah. that. You know, that's that's what people should look like after a game, not beforehand. Um, but I think all in all, Solskjaer has done a, a serviceable job, which you you know that's about as much as you could ask of him. But he's, he's got to be back now. He's got to have players who want to play his way. Like we said, players who are fit enough. What do you think Solskjaer's way is at the moment? Well, clearly he wants high energy uh, and intensity. He's got a fullback on one side in Luke Shaw who looks adventurous and energetic enough to play in the way Solskjaer's asking him to. And he's got Ashley Young on the other side who seems to have lost all that reckless abandon he has as a very inconsistent winger. He's now a sort of ultra-cautious fullback who isn't really prepared to do anything other than sort of chip the ball down the line and hope someone gets on the end of it. So he's got massive imbalances in his squad, I think, Solskjaer. I think Matic isn't mobile enough particularly to play the role he wants. Lukaku probably like Samuel said, isn't fit enough to run the channels and to be that sort of all-purpose forward that Solskjaer wants. So you can't ask Solskjaer to perform miracles when the square pegs are in round holes. Once, well, I guess... Should we, we be a bit more positive for the last few minutes? Well, about, to, like go, we both ham- ham- about, about to go on David De Gea, so I'm not sure we'll be positive. <laughs> but uh, Because that's one thing you can't legislate for. You've still got one of the best goalkeepers in the world making errors. Um, Solskjaer said prior to the Chelsea game that he was going to stick by him and after the match all the players Matter spoke Shaw spoke they all said that they stood by De Gea and gave him the unity but do you think it's time that he's not necessarily dropped but just taken out the firing line and perhaps rested particularly given the fact that there are two winnable games coming up I think that would be the only way that they could they could justify it because if he's explicitly dropped the chance of keeping him just you know plummet and they do want to keep him obviously he's not become a bad goalkeeper over the last two months and also the games that are coming up Huddersfield and, and Cardiff it's it's almost like it, he, he should be able to go through those games without dropping a clangor at all uh, it's only two games left the season if if there were two months left the season then I think there'd be a compelling case to to bring Romero in Um He's De Gea's banked more than enough credits to get cut some slack. He's bailed United out so many times over and the years. And even in recent games in this run, he's made some sensational saves. Uh, the 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 Mikel Antonio one, yeah, yeah that's that's the one that springs to mind. Uh, I think Solskjaer called him the match winner after after that as well. So it's it's probably about time they bailed him out. And the outfield players did have forty five minutes to to bail him out against Chelsea. They just well they didn't. Uh, but it is a massive concern. I mean, what used to be his kryptonite was getting beaten at the near post. And when Valerie did it against him with Southampton, I just thought, okay, that's De Gea's near post. He does that from time to time. But I think the, one of the things that really counts against him is that the two best keepers in the league this season have been Allison and Edison. And they both look borderline hyperactive when they have the ball. They move it so quickly. They're constantly in motion, even though they're goalkeepers. And... 
I don't know if it's just De Gea's body language or the or, or just the contrast in alacrity, but he looks like he's half sleepwalking at times. Um, never more so than than in the Everton game, where he's not made massive mistakes, but certainly Dinya's shot and Sigerson's shot, they're savable. He should be saving them. Um, and I mean, I, I looked at it. I think it's really started since that Southampton game where his form has has started to fall off a cliff because a few days later in Paris, it was just after Rashford scored that penalty, the ball came in the area and I don't know what possessed yeah. him, but he punched it away and it just caused mass anxiety among the United players and the fans because they were hanging on at that point and then days later he let Shaka's goal go in at Arsenal which there was some some suits who said it wasn't a mistake it was an obvious mistake it, he just looks a little bit slower his footwork isn't there um, obviously the contract thing it has to be taken into account because four years ago when he was in the same situation he did have a wobble nowhere near as bad as this one and even during that run he made a great save I think it was from Glenn Murray at Palace at one or in a game that kind of like secured fourth for United and he was player of the season back then but he's certainly not going to win it this season I know what we're saying about the contract situation and why you might keep De Gea in against Cardiff and Huddersfield. Like like we say, it should be gimmies. But I think I would personally, if if it was me in Solskjaer's role, I would I would risk that and I would I would put him out of the team for two games and treat him as you would an outfield player who was struggling that badly. If a striker kept missing chances in the way that De Gea is making mistakes, it doesn't seem to bother United at the moment. Well, <laughs> they haven't got much other option, unfortunately. But United have got a better option in Sergio Romero, at least a very very dependable number two, probably the best number two goalkeeper in the Premier League. And so I don't think United should really they shouldn't have their hand forced by a contract situation. They should do what what is the is the logical decision and just park the hair for two games say thanks very much we'll sort you out in the summer we should we should be able to sort out your contract in the summer and then give Sergio Romero a couple of games I think Sir Alex Ferguson once sent Peter Schmeichel off on a sort of sunny trip to Portugal when he was having a tough time one time and I think came Schmeichel then came back and uh, and was Peter Schmeichel so I think there's there's precedent there that was, yeah, that was midway through the treble season. I also think you'd have to speak to psychologists to, to gauge their opinion, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if there's some kind of psychological damage from just playing behind Smalling and Jones <laughs> year and, after and year. psychological damage from the fact that Hugo Lloris is a World Cup winner who might win the Champions well, League and you've got nothing to show for it yeah, in comparison, really. I, I, and he, he goes away with Spain to the World Cup, has a torrid time, comes back to United and thinks, OK, you know, clear my head. New year. And then, no, you're not getting... Toby Alderweireld isn't coming. Diego Godin isn't coming. Nobody's coming. You've got the same defenders that you had last year. Just they're all a year older. It, it, it must... He, he must feel a bit crestfallen by it. Um, it's, it's not just, obviously, Smalling and Jones, but, it's, but it is the same old faces to a certain extent that he's he's been bailing out in that defence. But I guess on the, the contrary is the fact that he... <laughs> I guess it's always been the case, but does the the feeling amongst fans at the moment I sense is that he is many fans feel that he is replaceable now. Where I don't think yeah. he was a few years ago. Yeah. I think the, the the prospect of him leaving would have been curtains, but do you do you feel that if he was to leave United we would be able to get so I mean our blacks obviously maybe the the obvious choice. They they were looking at our black a couple of years ago when De Gea was having a bit of a wobble and Madrid hadn't ended their interest in him. 
I think Old Black would obviously be very good. Uh, Henderson has to come into contention as well. I don't think you, I'd be I'd be surprised if United just agreed to sell him to Sheffield United for ten million pounds or fifteen million pounds, given that. I think they have got a potential. I mean, when was the last time United had a academy graduate who came through and was their number one goalkeeper? I'm not sure it's ever actually happened. I know that does that means not playing in Champions League, but as, as Solskjaer said, when you do sign for United, the likelihood is at some stage you're going to play Champions League football. Yeah, I think the the prospect of sharing the changing room with Phil Jones and Marcus Rojo is enough to convince anyone to leave. Mid- sharing a training well. session, Marcus Rojo might be risky though. From uh, what yeah, what it? did you make of his cameo on the I thought on it, the weekend? It was. Indi- I loved it. It, 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 was, it, was, it was entertaining, chaos. but indicative of a player that United probably should have moved on last summer, and you know will probably want to move on in the in the upcoming summer. Those central defensive options are five that United currently have at the moment. I mean, it's just that's just. It's a state. Of, it's it's a it's a symptomatic of the state of the club at the moment. That Victor Lindelof is by far and away the, the most outstanding of those, and the other four, it's like toss a coin to see who you want to play out of those four. I guess what maybe what's alarming is the inconsistency in selection as well. It seems that every week there's just no. It's so hard to predict who's going to play because I personally didn't see Bay starting at all. He did all right by him, I thought. But yeah. I thought yeah, he was impressive until another challenge that... And it was an unfortunate injury, but it's one that he's thrown himself into a challenge he yeah. didn't need to. And I guess it summed up his season. He's out for the rest of the season now. I know it's only two games. We are at that stage now where we can say out for the season. Yeah. It sounds <laughs> That's really, 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 really grave, dramatic. But it's only two games. Uh, two more points to come on. So I guess we're going to look at the weekend game. Huddersfield, uh, we've already spoken about the possibility of Romero coming into the squad, but... Lots of fans on social media are giving Antonio Valencia that. Uh, oh, geez. they want him to come back. El Cap Capitano. <laughs> this this is the classic uh, your stock twi- Twitter Twitter yeah. fan case of who's you're not, not playing, playing yeah. and your stock your stock just goes up. It ha- I remember it happened with uh, Morgan Schneider in his verses when Van Gaal had this sequence of not playing him in games and United lost them and it was like wow it's just an obvious hunt. the pivot in this team he's, he's the linchpin here and then of course uh, it, it was just quite clear that he was out of his depth uh, I think they, they forget that Valencia is, is just literally the worst captain in United's history uh, he was he was disgraceful earlier in the season uh, the day of the Newcastle game confirming he was out of the squad when he has absolutely no right to be you know imparting that information on Twitter Uh and let's face it, people will say he's been a good servant. He's not been a good servant. He was given a new contract after the Moyes season. That was on the back of two two such bad seasons that he had to change his squad number because he, he felt he was that bad. Um, he's how he's, he's he's had ten years there, and I think in the last certainly the last seven seasons, I'd say he's had one good season. That was the first Mourinho season. There's not there's no one out there who can legitimately say he was good for the whole duration of that season, other than that season. So this whole you know give him a send off and everything. No, no, that's that's possibly one of the few upsides to United being in top four contention the final weekend. Can't risk it. You can't risk playing him, and and his condition. Is just kaput. I mean, the funny thing at the weekend uh, for the Chelsea game was that Solskjaer in that provisional squad he selected he selected literally every first team squad member Other than apart him. from the captain. Yeah. yeah, I guess as well. Like you said, it is a damning indictment that he is. Like you said that the worst captain in United's history. And I think sometimes again, this isn't a criticism of fans, but 
what the armband actually represents. If even back in United history, there's still so few people who have been United captain. If yeah. you want them to be Antonio Valencia, yeah, and for him to be that, they're about to let probably the the best captain candidate under Herrera leave the club. And you know who shows better leadership credentials than Herrera in the current United squad? I can't think of anyone. I can't think of a no. cultural architect, has no. yeah. <laughs> <Cultural laughs> it? Still on that search for that. Oh. Um, I guess it's a difficult one because I guess the, the, the one solace for United fans, uh, the sort of sliver of hope, was the fact that if top four is out of the window, that obviously means Greenwood and Chonga starting up front this weekend. Do you think now that the under 23 season has come to an end that there's a chance they'll have a, another opportunity in the first team before the end of the season? Or do you think it's just going to be if that Cardiff game is a dead rubber? That's when they. It's got to be that. So that's another. It's kind of an incentive because Solskjaer's still not giving up on top four, has he? No. Even after the game yesterday, he was saying it's still possible. No, no. And from that point of view, you get the. You just get the the feeling that he's not going to risk it. I think Greenwood should be in with a legitimate shout anyway because the forwards aren't scoring. It. It was. I mean, Matter is a forward, but he's not one of the. He's not one of the main ones. He's not Lukaku or Rashford or, or Marshall or Lingard. So I think he, he should be a, he should be in with a shout, but I just I, I can't see it. If they're still in contention in these next two games, then he'll just go with the the current players. Which it it would be good if he did bring Greenwood in because he'd be showing a bit of bravery and saying to Lukaku, "Look, you you're so busy talking about maybe not being here next season. Well, here's the guy who replace you, and he's he's quicker than you, and he's more live than you." And the um, fans are behind him as well. You need yeah. to cash in on that as well. While, yeah, yeah. While I mean, in fairness to Lukaku, I thought he was quite good against Chelsea, certainly in the first half. But again, it's worrying that I think personally, his best football's on the right wing still, it looks it. It's when he's cutting in and storming yeah. it against a left back. That it's, yeah, that that, uh, that technique of get the ball, just, shift, yeah, inside, and just cross it and hopefully someone meets it. Uh, I think it's the Jesse Lingard rule from the Chelsea game last <laughs> season. So. Yeah, Greenwood, I think he'll be integrated into the first team squad next season, but whether we see him again this season remains to be seen. Yeah, I went to the under-23s game on Friday night. Um, United under-23s were sort of under siege for most of the the second half against the Wolves team chasing the title, but Greenwood, as he has done on many occasions this season, I know for the youth sides, was was the massive shining light. Just looked completely... At home, he looked physically up to up to the standard of, of first team. Um, the likes of Chong and Angel Gomez didn't quite um, cover themselves in glory, but it was perhaps the situation of the game um, with United enjoying a lot of possession and then sort of squandering it and panicking a little bit towards the end of the game, which I'm told is not... Um, a sort of one-off occurrence for the under-23s this season. Oh no, season. we've had the joys of it all year, haven't we, Samuel? That those cold nights in Lee watching. Yes. Yeah, well, it was end of April, and I was uh, I was expecting warmer weather than than it was. Well, Let's welcome just put to it Manchester. Way. They should have that instead of the Tevez sign, shouldn't they? Just picture of Don <laughs> Booth at Lee Sports Club in an umbrella. Yeah. It's not been exactly uh, you know. I've not come. You just from love Yorker. chasing gloomy weather, don't you? It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't get away from it. And no wonder where the next stop's going to be. It's got to be up in Scotland somewhere, isn't it? On the Highlands, but well, we'll see what Huddersfield's like this weekend. Yeah, we shall see. And yeah, I guess that's the last thing. Huddersfield this weekend, even United can win that one, surely. Yeah, I said that after Liverpool scored, what was it, 15 seconds? Yeah, I, was, I was about to watch it and I switched over to Great yeah. British Menu straight away. <laughs> What's the point? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it's quite sad for 
a lot of United fans. There was, it was I didn't hear it because I was in the press room, but there was a lot of cheering around the ground when when City did score against Burnley. I mean, that that's how far the, the, might have as gone. I said, it's full circle. It was going on five years ago when City and Liverpool were going for league, and it's it's happening again. Uh, there were actually there was actually a Norwegian and a Spanish journalist were asking if I was all right because I was having kittens whilst watching City <laughs> not score against uh, Burnley. I was, I was I was that keen for Manchester <laughs> to prevail in the in the. What an ambassador for the NBA. Yes, well, that's definitely where you're concerned. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, let's, well. let's hope, though, I think, you know, um, if we are going down that track, Liverpool have got Leicester, and um, I'm sure United fans will all become foxes for the day when when that one takes place. Liverpool have what? Newcastle. They have Leicester, haven't they? City, Leicester. Oh, City, Leicester. Oh, sorry. And then uh, Liverpool, Wolves. Yeah. Which is... Which they're probably you can put a magpie instead. Magpies and wolves in harmony. Hopefully, Kieran does does the job. Yeah, Kieran Kelly can do us all a favour. We shall see. Thank you very much, Samuel. Thank you very much, Don, Thank for joining you. today Cheers. on the Manchester's Red Podcast. We will be back maybe later in the week to preview the Huddersfield game, and if not, we'll be back early next week to have a review on it and look ahead to that final day against Cardiff City. Please leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already, and join us again next time.